Tuesday, what's happening, everybody? Thank you for joining us. I am the Man of Steel, one of America's favorite regional radio stars. At least that's what I keep telling myself, along with the uh, five-star just out of the Oklahoma Journalism School, the one, the only, Parker Thune, 247 Sports, OUinsider.com. And uh, we have a big show planned for you today, 1235. Jesse Crittenden, the uh, Norman Transcript Sports Editor, editor will uh, join us to talk a little uh, Sooner football, Sooner sports, a little Sooner hoops. We've got softball on the way. You're I like that talking new, about that. I like that new title you just created, Editor. Editor, yes. Is that the, uh, is that the uh, what's what's the word? It's an editor and a spinster, and it's a mashup, I guess, maybe? Is that a, well, I was thinking mashup of, like, Minister of Edits. Yes. Kind of like Matthew McConaughey's title with Texas, except it's. <laughs> That's right. The transcript. Hey, big win for the Horns last night. Their last ever meeting with the uh, Kansas Jayhawks at the Irwin Center, and they I get know. it done they, last they, night. They avenged 76. the uh, the fifty seven fifty six loss in football. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, Kansas victories over Texas in football are some of the most glorious days in the history of the game. Are they not? Is Texas a basketball school now? <sighs> I don't know what kind of school they are. To be honest with you. I mean, Austin's a great city, man, but uh, they underachieve quite a bit, particularly in football. There is no doubt about that. No doubt about it. So uh, we await the Sooners game with Texas Tech coming up tomorrow night. That'll be at 8 o'clock on ESPNU. want to remind you again, uh, our first hour every day brought to you by Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. They will do a great job for you. I, I can vouch for them because they've done a couple jobs over at uh, Shea Stadium. That's my wife's name, so we, it's Shea Stadium to me. She's the CEO. So uh, they've done a tremendous job, and uh, you will not be disappointed with the folks at Lasher Home Comfort Systems, I can tell you that. Uh, Virginia with a big win at Duke last night on the uh, the last second three-pointers. So uh, the Cavaliers, who got up to a slow start this season in college basketball, win at Cameron Indoor last night just after uh, the Blue Devils went to Chapel Hill and dominated North Carolina in Coach K's last game at the Dean Dome. So uh, good win for Virginia last night. Uh, meanwhile, the Warriors come to Oklahoma City at the Paycom Center and they take down the Oklahoma City Thunder 110-98. to Who else did the damage? Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson set the franchise. He charted a different course for Oklahoma City basketball. Everybody remembers game six. You know, I love seeing Clay Thompson back. The Warriors are almost likable. In fact, I think they are likable because Draymond wasn't on the court last night, the nutcracker. You remember what he did to Steven Adams? Well, I mean, yeah, Draymond and Kevin Durant were the two guys that really made that team unlikable. Yes, they like, were flirting the whole year. That's right. Believe I, me, like before the Warriors got good, good, like before they were winning NBA titles every year, that was the most likable team in the NBA. Well, Steph Curry has done as much as any other player in the history of the game to change the the game and you could talk about Wilt or Kareem or any of those guys Steph Curry kind of ushered in this new era of the three-point shot analytics uh, I remember when Mark Jackson was there as the head coach at Golden State saying that man I've got the best uh, backcourt uh, shooting duo in the history of the game and people are like man probably too early to say that but you know what he was right Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. Clay had 21, some really clutch threes down the stretch. Man, we've seen that before. Like I said, game six, that game six uh, has Oklahoma City right now in tank mode, basically. And uh, Steph Curry had kind of a pedestrian night by his standards, 18 points, 4 of 10 from three. 
So the Splash Brothers combined for 39 last night. Jonathan Kuminga, the rookie, a pretty good game, 16 points, big putback dunk. Aaron Wiggins, who always seems to play well against Oklahoma City, particularly in Oklahoma City, had 15 last night. Josh Giddy played well, 16 points, 11 boards, 7 assists. His defense still isn't very good, but he's a heck of a rookie. If he can improve on the defensive end, he's really going to be a player for Oklahoma City. 26 for Lou Dort last night. Darius Baisley with 20 and 8. Again, the Thunder playing without SGA. But let's start where we always should be starting, Oklahoma football. We have said for a long time, you guys know, there are a few people still angry with me. I get it. I'm trying to get over Mule Shoe leaving for L.A. I just don't think you should do the Oklahoma football program like that. You leave in a gentlemanly way, not a shyster kind of way like Mule Shoe did. I understand there's no way to exit gracefully in that situation, but you can exit a lot better than he did. But uh, Brandon Walker, remember we played, uh, I think it was about a week ago. Oh, my gosh, he's on the TV again. Jeez. He's on with Cal Hurt again. Okay. Settle down. I just looked up, and he was on my TV screen. Anyway. uh, Speak speak of the devil. Brandon Walker, remember, said, Oklahoma fans, you need to get the F over this. You know, you're embarrassing yourselves. he's, He's still saying that. But he's explaining why Oklahoma fans, Brandon Walker, covered the SEC, Barstool, Unnecessary Roughness, podcast. You guys probably are familiar. If you aren't, that's who he is and what he does. And here's what he said uh, the other day, again, about where the Oklahoma fans are right now and where they should be and how they should be feeling about this new coaching staff. Oklahoma fans, you got to get over it. Your reaction to it is lingering too long. You call him that bitch out west or the bitch out west or T-Bow, whatever you call him. It just it just looks pathetic. He left you. It's fine. It happens. I know you were sad at first, but here's the thing. You all got mad at me, telling me I look like Mark Davis, telling me I'm fat and obese. I don't know about Oklahoma. I should keep Oklahoma out of my mouth, out of this. But none of you could tell me I was wrong. Guys, here's why you should get over it. You're Oklahoma. You're a top 10 program in this country, probably around four to seven. You're an elite program with elite fan base, with elite resources, with elite recruiting. You traded for a better coach. Lincoln Riley was about to walk into the SEC with his pillow soft style of football, with his quarterbacks and receivers, and his not playing defense, and was going to get you embarrassed. You were not going to keep up with the good defenses and the good offenses of the SEC, and it was going to get you embarrassed. So what'd you do? He went to the West Coast, and you got Brent Venables, somebody who's built SEC caliber rosters, somebody who has won recruiting battles against Georgia and Auburn and Alabama, and who has built national championship defenses. Brent Venables is exactly what you needed to go to the SEC. There you go. Okay, Brandon. There you go. What do you think? Uh, he's, he's right a lot about that. Well, There's no, a lot he, there to like. Th- th- there is a lot there to like. And I think he's right to an extent. But here's where I kind of here's where it kind of falls off for me. I think he's under the impression like he's talking as if Oklahoma fans are expressing their vitriol for Lincoln Riley because they miss him. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not because they miss him, it's because they hate him. Well, right? Then, like yes. no no Sooner fan would uh, honestly, how many Sooner fans, Mike, do you think would say that OU was in a better position under the mule shoe re- regime than they are now? Not no, many, at this point this is any. a trade-off that everybody is comfortable making. And 
they look at the way that things have transpired over the last couple of months as an overwhelming positive for the program. No one is displeased with what has transpired. That doesn't mean that they're not going to hate Muleshoe for a long, long time. I've always thought that the national people, what they don't understand is what this state is all about and the love affair with Oklahoma football. I, I get that they know that OU fans are passionate. And look, some of this looks bad. I It does. There's no doubt. And some of the stuff that I'm saying is really immature and stupid, and I need to get past it. I'm trying. I still hate the man on the television right now. I know that's a strong word. One day. But I hate what happened and the way it happened because – Oklahoma is a an old school state. People work hard. They 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 you know, they they love Oklahoma football. Just like Oklahoma State fans are very passionate too, but loyalty is very important and doing the right thing is very important to them. They're not always thinking, how can I screw the current place I'm at and go somewhere else? And I'm not saying that's exactly what happened here, but the way it went down and, again, all the half-truths and all of the shell game that was played. And I, I just think that was very devious, and I don't think it was done the right way. Uh, and I'm fully aware that people are going to be mad either way. But they expect loyalty and better than that. And that's what they're upset about. It's not the fact that, oh, my gosh, we got to deal with Brent Venables instead of Lincoln Riley. People are fired up about that. And what Brandon Walker's saying there about Brent Venables is what we've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks now, Paul. Well, not yeah, weeks well, and, but, like it's not news to anybody. Yes, like, it's it's more. It, this staff is much more suited to go on the journey they're about to go on to the SEC. There's no doubt about that. But it's still fun to come after the devious one. And here's the thing, Mike: when you get dissed, when you get insulted, when somebody accosts you with acerbic words, right? You're not going it, to – it's not the words themselves that are hurtful and offensive, right? It's not like you're lying awake in bed at night wondering, like, am I really all those things he said I am? No. What, what's frustrating and what pisses you off as the recipient is the disrespect that comes associated with it. Right. right? Yep. And that's what Oklahoma yep. fans are upset about. It's not the fact that Riley left. It's the fact that he left the way that he did. Yes, and they felt it's, like they were shortchanged on what could have been a much better season, too. It was the blatant disrespect for the football program at the University of Oklahoma that he displayed on the way out the door. If Lincoln Riley wanted to take another job, <laughs> I mean, Brent Venables just gave you a master class on how to leave a program That's at right. Clemson. Yep. A master class. Muleshoe looks uh, a little weary in the interview. He's trying to smile right now. It looks like for a while he was trying to keep it. I hope he's tossing and turning. You dirty rat. You dirty rat. You are the Sammy the Bull Gravano of this family. This Sooner family. You ratted everybody out. You dirty rat. By the way, can we play this clip? Because it's always time. This dude, I mean, he's getting Tosh Lapoy, who is uh, at Oregon now for Dan Lanning, defensive coordinator there. Even kind of like Brent is going to be kind of, I think, the real defensive coordinator at OU. With no disrespect to Ted Roof, he's going to play a major role, no doubt. But you know how that works. And uh, Tosh Lapoy was asked a question at his presser the other day 
about, uh, you know, the, the Pac-12 now with Mule Shoe down at SC, and here is a shot fired. I love it. I think it. that guy they hired at USC, he got close, but never closed out the deal. So do you wear your national championship ring when you, when you go on the road recruiting? Well, only because you brought him up. Um, he did get close, um, real close. We actually played him. I was, I was the defensive coordinator on the other side of the line. He had a guy named Kyler Murray, really good player. Um, it was 28 to zero in the first quarter. So yeah, I, think I remember that. Game. But he did get close. Yeah. You're right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Nice. Yes. Lapoy was at Alabama. Everybody remembers that night. That was a difficult night. Top rope. Yes. We need to have a roast. Can we have a roast? A meal shoe <laughs> roast. That could be. Oh man, that 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 as a charity benefit, yes, would be outstanding. Is Foster Brooks still available to come do the drunk act and everything? I don't know. You got to have Dean Martin, and, and I, uh, Dean's not available. I don't think Foster Brooks is available either. But that sounds like a good idea to me. All right, folks, I'm trying to get over it. I can't help it. I just, you know, it's fun. I'm excited about the new staff. I think the new staff is tremendous. And I think, again, it is a a staff that is tailor-made for going to the SEC. But I'm still – when you are wronged by somebody, it takes a while. Exactly. It takes a while. And the the Sooner Nation was wronged by this man and deceived by this man. You dirty rat. Like I said, the Sammy the Bull Gravano of the Sooner family. You can be optimistic for the next era – the era ahead and you can still be pissed at the guy that left you behind he messed with this thing of oz is what he did that's what he did all right coming right back here on the rep all right welcome back pat benatar she and uh, neil geraldo are still together saw him on uh, cbs sunday morning not too long ago what was it? Uh, Beavis and Butt- Butthead called her Pat Nabatar, I believe it was. So anyway, another very wise bump back from uh, Tyler Thune. There's always a message. From who Always. Now? It's a bump back from P- T- P- Tyler. I'm combining you guys. Man, I've got Edister. And <laughs> yeah, well, that, I've had that too, shows much, me. too much energy drink today, man. I know. That shows me you're Parker, a devoted listener Thune. of Locked In, though. I so. know. Well, maybe we should call it Tyler and Thune. Gee, many Christmas. You I know, like the alliteration there. There are uh, good shots at Mule Shoe, and then there are some that fall pretty flat. Can you imagine leaving a place like Norman, Oklahoma for Southern California? I mean, who would do that? Uh, really? Really, Kevin? I've heard better, <laughs> like, better stuff from the unknown comic back in the day. Jeez. Like, how much, how much work and how much thought... And how much effort do you think went into his state of the state speech? Somebody thought that was going to bring the house down, too. Like, of all the shots you could have taken at Muleshoe, that's the one you come up with? That's all you have in the repertoire? That's your best shot? Guess what? Uh, Most people would tell you they would prefer SoCal to Norman, Oklahoma. Now, me personally, I prefer Norman, Oklahoma. But yeah, look, Norman, Norman's a great place. It is a great place. This is God's country. It's a great place to raise a family, to go to school. Cost so of living is high. Everything. You but got Brahms. Southern California is pretty appealing. Pretty appealing, there's no doubt. 
but there's some things that aren't so appealing. But yes, that like, was. All, you you all, think they sat around and thought, "All right, Governor, we've got the line right here. Look at this. Who would leave Norman, Oklahoma? Who would do that? This will kill. People can't stand, you know, right now, and this will bring the house down. This is going to play well with voters. Nope, not good. I'm just like all all Stitt and his speechwriter guys had to do was scroll through Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like there are a hundred thousand better shots than that Take right there on the Twitter. Just copy the screenshots. Legit, man. like you don't even have to give credit. It would be good, like it would be good and ethical to do so. But there are so many shots out there. Like Stitt's an OSU guy too. Come on, you know politics is the worst, the absolute worst. How many anonymous randos on Twitter have taken far better digs at Mule Shoe than the governor of Oklahoma? A lot. I think that should have been the new nickname for the Washington football team, by the way, the Washington Anonymous Randos. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Washington governors. Then you could have like, put war on the side of the helmet for the Washington Anonymous Randos. The anonymous randos are not coming. They're not stopping either. You know what? If I'm ever rich enough to buy an XFL franchise or something, go ahead and name it the anonymous randos. Yeah. By the way, Tyler is cutting up some new uh, Mule Shoe audio because there was apparently one comment that he made about taking OU players that is going to make people very angry. Oh, boy. Yeah. (laughs) He's lying again. I mean, we need the Pinocchio effect because this guy, I'm telling you, he he's a hard time with the truth. He can't handle the truth. Uh, so anyway, um, what do you think's going on with Kyler Murray, man? This is weird. Unfollowing the Arizona Cardinals on all of his social media. He deleted all of the pictures that he had with the Cardinals on his Instagram account. He's up for a contract extension. Uh, they got drilled by the Rams, obviously, in the wild card round of the playoffs. But he's had a good career there. I mean, they got to the playoffs. He's been really good. He hasn't been, you know, they've kind of faded down the stretch a little bit. But, again, I don't know. That's that's a little bit unusual, isn't it? You think – is there anything going on there? I mean, that's just strange. Uh, I I think it's just antics, Mike. Is that's really – It's a like, ploy? Like, I hey, wouldn't read into it too much at all. I mean, Caleb now, Williams still has his OU pictures on his Instagram. I know. For pe- now. People – here's the thing, like – People deal with things very differently, and like Kyler's just a different breed, and I I don't take it as an indication that he's had a falling out with the Arizona Cardinals or with Cl- Cliff Kingsbury. I think it's just a whole lot of drama. Now I I I don't know that for mm-hmm. sure. Maybe. He's not thrilled with the whole Cliff Kingsbury situation. Maybe he wants somebody else uh, that can well. Suffice to say, I'm not a huge fan of Cliff Kingsbury as a football coach. And I think I made that clear. Like, if there was ever a playoff team that I would advise firing their head coach, I would have said the Arizona Cardinals should probably move on from Cliff Kingsbury after that loss to the Rams. Well, he's a tech guy. And again, you can't trust a tech guy, right? Yes, the glorified junior college alumni. We have excused Bill Biedenboe. We don't consider him a tech guy. We consider him a full-fledged Sooner by now. So his tech past has been expunged. Basically. So, look, I'm 100% in Kyler Murray's corner if he wants the Cardinals to move on from Cliff Kingsbury, and maybe that's what he's pushing for behind closed doors. I don't know. 
I like I wouldn't take it as a sign that Kyler Murray's going to be wearing a different uniform next year, though. Well, and the deal is this, though. Would, would Kyler Murray have been picked where he was picked if Cliff Kingsbury was not a, the Arizona coach? Yes, I think he would have. But I also think that the, the only reason the Cardinals hired Kingsbury is because they were drafting Kyler Murray. Yeah, like, that's, I agree with that's that. That's how I knew. I remember sitting there that offseason, and that's how I knew that the Cardinals were taking Kyler Murray number one overall, because that was the only reason that hire of Cliff Kingsbury made sense. I still remember editing the soundbite when Cliff Kingsbury was at Tech and uh, saying that he would take Kyler Murray with the number one pick. If he you know, if he was in the NFL, he would take him with the number one pick. And that, that comment was probably a pretty good reason why he's in the NFL. Remember, he went uh, the mule shoe route. He was there at the OC at SC as the OC there for, what, like a month? And then off to the NFL. He failed up. He did fail up. So, like, that's about the most impressive job of failing up that I've ever seen. Well, there's another one. Well, there's another one, but. Is there? Yeah, maybe I don't want to go there. But you okay, know, well, to, isn't it all amazing to, people to get who fail fired up? to get fired by Texas Tech and then latch on as the head coach of the freaking Arizona Cardinals? That's, that is a spectacular upward fail. It is. It's hard to find one bigger than that and, in sports. And again, I think the only reason the Cardinals hired Kingsbury was because if you draft Kyler Murray, you're trying to revolutionize the NFL in terms of the way you run your offense because. That's the type of skill set Kyler Murray has. He's the type of guy that the NFL just has never seen before. And so when you're trying to develop a cutting-edge offensive philosophy that has its roots in a collegiate type of scheme, Cliff Kingsbury is the type of coach that ostensibly makes a lot of sense. Now, was he qualified for that job? Absolutely not. And is he... (laughs) Is he a good head coach? Is he a good football? I think he's an okay football mind, but... For the, for the Arizona Cardinals at this point in time, he's never a guy that's going to push them over the edge and lead them to a Super Bowl berth. Um, like if, if you're trying to get to the next level as a football team, team, Cliff Kingsbury is not the guy to get you there. All right, now you're saying that the NFL has never seen a Kyler Murray, though, but what about Michael Vick? What about Cam Newton? What about back in the day, like a Randall Cunningham? Yeah, well, I just think none of those guys – have skill sets that are directly akin to Kyler Murray. I think Michael Vick is probably the, probably closest, the closest thing that we've seen to Kyler Murray, but even Michael Vick didn't didn't have the arm talent that Kyler Murray does. And wasn't as consistent. Say, yeah, I would say probably didn't have the open field agility that Kyler Murray did. I think Michael Vick was probably a little more eager to tuck the ball and run, uh, but there's just there are so few athletes in general that have the ability to change direction and – be as elusive in the open field as Kyler Murray. Greatest athletes ever play at Oklahoma, in my opinion. Now, look, there have been some great ones. Adrian Peterson, you got to throw in there. But based on uh, what I saw to Kyler Murray, it was unbelievable. Uh, no doubt. That year that he had was spectacular. Can you imagine if Kyler was like 6'1"? Oh, know? man. I mean, the problem with uh, – it, it, man, it happens to Baker, it seems like, more the all the batted balls at the line of scrimmage. Um, but man, he's had, um, I don't know. Has he had a better NFL career so far than you expected? Kyler? I I didn't expect him to have a bad NFL career or be a disappointment, but I think, um, maybe even a little bit better than I thought so far. Still some inconsistency there. There's no doubt. Yes, for sure. I would say he has been a little better than I probably would anticipate it over his first three years. But I think the Cardinals as a team have left a lot on the table because 
you look at how much talent there is on both sides of the ball, that's a team that has DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. like as your primary wide receiver. Zach Ertz has been really good at the tight end position. Defensively, you've got studs, the likes of Buda Baker, for instance. J.J. Watt. Watt. Yeah. And so there's <laughs> the issue in Arizona is not talent. And if the issue isn't talent, Mike, what is it? Cliff and his staff. Exactly. It's so, coaching. Yeah, it falls it, it'd back be interesting coaching. to see how it plays out. He's up for a contract extension, but uh, I, I just found that to be peculiar that he unfollowed the Cardinals on all his social media and deleted all the franchise-related pictures on his Instagram uh, account as well. All right, we got a break right here. Jesse Crittenden coming up next. He is the uh, sports editor for the Norman Transcript. We'll get his thing uh, his take on all things Sooner football, and we'll talk a little Sooner basketball as well. It's a Tuesday, Steel Man and Thune at noon here on the Home for Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Oh, really? We're going Rick Springfield coming back, huh? All right. We have to. It was the only way I could work Jesse's name. There you go. All right. Uh, We've got Jesse Crittenden joining us, sports director at the Norman Transcript, joining us on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line. Steel Man and Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Jesse, welcome to the show. Appreciate your time today. Uh, Man, this has been a crazy you know, uh, what are we on? Uh, are we at two months yet? Are we getting close? How? I, yes, it's been t- it's been two plus months. It's We're going two, on three. So wow, so we we've gone on two plus months now. Uh, man, I, I'm sure this is unlike anything you've ever covered before with this whirlwind. Like I said, we were like in a layup line with story angle after story angle after something else happening. It's been a crazy couple months. How uh, how would you describe it for yourself? No kidding. Well, first I got to say, I don't know what is better for me. The fact that you pronounce my last name perfectly or the Jesse's girl lead in music. Um, (laughs) So thank you guys both for that. Um, Yeah. It's just been a a crazy, really few months um, since I joined the beat back in July. I I, I knew there'd be a lot of things to cover, but I I never, I never dreamed all this stuff would happen. It's, it's almost overwhelming at times, just all of the things that you can write about and cover about. It's just been a crazy few months. No doubt. Now, Jesse, uh, as you kind of evaluate the transition between the 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 man that we're referring to mule to as mule mule shoe, I got so tongue twisted there. Dang. Uh, so as as you evaluate the transition between the former coach, that's just a whole lot easier, and the new coach, Brent Venables, uh, looking ahead to the year twenty twenty two for Oklahoma. And I've asked just about everybody that we've had on over the last couple of months this exact same question. I want to ask it to you. What is a reasonable benchmark for this football team in terms of wins and losses? How much of a drop-off, if any, do you think there is between the final season of the Muleshoe administration and the first year of Brent Venables? You know, I, I think when Lincoln Riley first left, um, I think that was that was such a hard question to answer, especially with all the, the decommitments and the seeming instability but, but Brent Venables and his staff has just done a, a fantastic job of, of stabilizing the program, um, you know, recovering the 2022 class. Um, you know, for it to be a top 10 class in the country is just nothing short of incredible on their part. So, I mean, I think this, this last season, is, as we all know, was so disappointing. And so, I mean, I think looking ahead, I mean, for me, you know, winning the Big 12 or, or a playoff burst to me, you know, maybe maybe that's not the most likeliest of outcome, but I, I think it's reasonable to expect that 
that this is going to be another successful season, another 10 win or more season. I mean, and absolutely there could be a, a Big 12 title burst. Who knows? But just the, the fact that they have stabilized the program the way they have, you know, the, the OU fan expectations are so high and reasonably so. And, and I think there's a lot of excitement. Maybe it takes a little bit of time to get off the ground. But I think there's reason to expect that there's not going to be much drop-off from last year to this year just with how well this new administration has done coming in and, and implementing a culture and, and stabilizing recruiting. Jesse Crittenden, our guest, Norman Transcript Sports Editor, talking a little Oklahoma football. What do we learn about the Oklahoma fan base uh, with the way that Muleshoe exited the program and their reaction? Um, you know, the, the, they've been uh, very upset. What do you think we've learned about the Oklahoma fan base, and, and why do you believe they are still, even though they're fired up about Brent Venables, there are a lot of them that are still on fire for how this all went down? Well, I think we've learned that um, that OU fans can hold a grudge. Um, that's for sure. But, I mean, I, I think this is an incredibly passionate fan base. And, and, unfortunately, this is a state that, in a lot of ways, has experienced a lot of success um, when it comes to sports with OU football and, and the prime thunder years. And, and I think everybody remembers how you know devastating that kind of was when Kevin Durant left. But I think we all kind of thought that, you know, OU football was immune to that stuff, that, you know, once you bring in a coach and you have this kind of success that, you know, coaches don't typically leave this kind of situation. So I, I think it was more just about the shock of it all and just and, and also coupled with how disappointing this past season was. So, I mean, I think I think we've learned, you know, just how passionate and invested this this football program is and also I, I heard you guys talking about um kevin stitz I, I guess you can call it dig at lincoln riley um you know i i think he could have done a better job summarizing how the ou fan base actually feels about all of that stuff no doubt yeah it's been interesting i i, I think you're right i think part of the uh, durant breakup uh was kind of bubbled to the surface again too and look oklahoma football is uh has been around a lot longer than thunder basketball but i do believe that that also brought uh, kind of opened some old wounds again well no doubt and uh, as you mentioned mike with <laughs> with as big as Sooner football is in this state, a betrayal of the Oklahoma Sooners is going to uh, cut to the heart a lot more than a betrayal of the Oklahoma City Thunder, which is how a lot of people looked at it with uh, Kevin Durant was betrayal as well. But uh, Jesse, the Dylan Gabriel era that is to come, what are your thoughts on the UCF transfer as the Sooners' new starting quarterback? And how do you think the offense fares, uh, given the fact that you have not only a new quarterback but a new play caller in Jeff Levy and two guys in Gabriel and Levy that go back a long way, back to their days at UCF? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I, I'm, nobody wanted Caleb Williams to leave, obviously, right? I mean, I think that would have been the best-case scenario. But c considering his departure – this is about a, as good of a replacement as you could really get, not only with Dylan Gabriel's experience as a starting quarterback, but also his history, like you mentioned, with Jeff Levy. I mean, he can clearly throw the ball. Um, and, and Jeff Levy even alluded to last week when we, when we spoke with him for, for signing day that he has grown a little bit uh, when it comes to making plays outside the pocket and extending um, things with his feet. So, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of reason to be excited. I mean, you don't typically get, you know, this kind of quarterback through the transfer portal, much less a quarterback through the transfer portal that has experience playing under your new offensive coordinator. So, 
I, like I said, I don't think, and nobody wanted Caleb Williams to leave, but I mean, this is, this is definitely not a, a, a bad situation in any way. I think there's, there's still a reason to, to, to be confident that the explosive offenses that we saw under Lincoln Riley, I mean, maybe it doesn't get quite that, that high, you know, with how good Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray were. But I mean, I think there's, there's still a reason to, to, to be optimistic about, you know, the offense next season. All right, let's switch to uh, Sooner basketball. It appears the uh, Titanic is headed to the iceberg, uh, Jesse. Is is it time to get the band playing on deck for Oklahoma in terms of the NCAA tournament, or can they steer clear here uh, with, with the games they have left? You know, I don't, th- I don't think it's time for the, the fat lady to sing quite yet, but it's, 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 they're not, it, this is going to be tough. And I, I think that loss at Oklahoma State was really, really – was really disappointing, and I know it's on the road, and it was a rivalry game. But I mean, when you're when you're not one of those top teams in the Big Twelve, when you're not Kansas, when you're not Baylor, you need to be able to to beat teams at the bottom of the conference to to keep your hopes alive for a tournament berth, or even to you know to have a chance in the Big Twelve tournament. So I mean, I think that loss was really disappointing, and this Texas Tech game coming up tomorrow is it's not going to be any easier. I mean, it really there of what OU basketball looking at is looking at right now is they need to get some wins very quickly. I mean, they really can't afford very many losses. I mean, there's only eight more games left in the regular season, and, and they've lost seven of eight. So, I mean, if they're gonna if they're gonna turn it around, it's got to start tomorrow night. Well, let me ask you this, Jesse: What one thing needs to change for this basketball team if they're gonna make a run to the tournament? In your opinion, turnovers. I think I think that's been the story of the season. I mean, they're I mean they're turning the ball over 15 times a game. That's 318th nationally. Uh, I mean that that's that's what has killed them in so many games. And and if it's not turnovers, it's it's poor rebounding and or or it's poor shooting. There it just seems to be something every game. But but turnovers has really kind of been the consistent theme for this team all year. And and I think. I think OU basket. I mean, I think they showed earlier in the year or early in Big Twelve play that I mean they're not they're not way below these teams at the top, but that's what's always killed them. And I mean, they've had a couple of games turning the ball over more than twenty times. I, they they've got to clean it up. You just can't you can't give away possessions against teams in the Big Twelve. You, you just simply can't do that. Jesse, good stuff. Appreciate it, and uh, we will do it again soon. Thanks for your time. No, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Jesse Crittenden, our guest, Norman Transcript, sports editor, talking a little OU sports. And, yes, Oklahoma Texas Tech tomorrow night, 8 o'clock on ESPNU. Terrence Shannon, the Red Raiders star, injured. We'll see uh, how the Sooners stack up against the Red Raiders who are playing some really good basketball right now tomorrow night at the LNC. Oklahoma State on the road at TCU tonight, 6 o'clock on ESPNU. All right, let's break right here. The Air Comfort Solutions text line is available, 405 651 3439. We'll head there when we get back here on the ref. Oh, man. You, uh, you're going to hear what uh, Muleshoe had to say about uh, getting some players through the portal. Oklahoma players through the portal coming up. We'll do that at the top of the hour. Oh, we're waiting until the top of the hour? Yeah, oh, top, dang of the hour. It. top of the hour. We don't I was time. so ready. We don't have time to address it just yet. Enough time. By Dang it! Not a, now I got to come up with another lies bump. Oh uh, well, yeah, you can come up with another one. You can, yeah, I'm sure you can do it. I'm, I'm sure you can. All right, uh, Riverwind Casino. There are a couple of big things you need to know about this month promotionally. 
first of all, let's start with a big drawing on a Saturday night. It is the $70,000 Keys to My Heart giveaway. Get out and play with your wild card on Thursday, your last chance to get 15 times entries for this big drawing on Saturday night. The keys in this particular promotion mean you could win the keys to a brand-new 2022 Mercedes. They are drawing for that on Saturday night. Somebody's going to win it. Why not you? Get on out there Saturday night for the $70,000 Keys to My Heart's promotional drawing and play with your wild card. One more shot this Thursday to get 15 times the entries. And you have until midnight tonight to play with your wild card and get five times the entries for the big drawing for the $80,000 River of Romance giveaway. That drawing is Friday night. Get out there and win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play from our friends at Riverwind is simply the best. Okay, you want to go to the, uh, by the way, Buddy Heald is going to the Indiana Pacers. According to Woj, I saw the initial Woj tweet, which you commented on. Uh, the initial tweet from Woj, we got a Woj bomb. The Pacers are trading uh, Domas Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Jeremy Lamb to Sacramento for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. Obviously, you can't uh, trade Jeremy Lamb to Jeremy Lambs. Oh, he amended that. Woj did Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday. That's a big deal right there. That is a really big deal. I mean, Halliburton and Heald, good players for Sacramento right there. Buddy Heald's going to be an Indiana Pacer. At one time, Wayman Tisdale was an Indiana Pacer. So Buddy Heald... Man, the Lakers should have made a deal for for Buddy Heald. Yeah, they really should have because you know you remember it was between him or Westbrook, right? That they yeah. were going to go and get. That did not age well. That decision. And the Russ deal is any deal for Russ is big time complicated because of his Godzilla sized contract. I don't know how they can make that work. Maybe they can do something creatively, but I, I don't see that happening. I don't know. I I feel bad for Russ now. Russ. You know, had so many good years, and he's still a talented player. We know what Russ's issue is, turnovers. He's a little hot-headed. Uh, I think he could be one of the best defensive players in the league when he wants to be. But um, I don't know, man. He, You know, and he stayed in Oklahoma City for a while, and everybody's always going to love Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City. But I don't know. He just looks like one of those guys who's just not uh, meant to win a ring. Seems that way. We'll see. All right, you want to go to the Air Comfort Solutions tax line real quick? Let's see what the folks are saying. Delusional. He even believes his own lies. The quote's starting to circulate, so I'm excited to get to the top of the hour. And oh, yeah. That, so. yeah. We'll, we'll play it for you at the top of the hour. That way we can give it a full segment. Steely, stay angry. It's therapeutic for me here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's the gutless manner in which Muleshoe left OU. You don't do that to OU, ever. Well, and that's what I think. People think that OU football is a you just don't leave that job. They just don't think that you do it. And particularly with the SEC on the horizon, I know what Muleshoe said, you never back away from a challenge. I mean, he's just, again, the nose continues to grow. There's no doubt that was a big part of this deal. The issue OU fans have is that we feel Lincoln tried to embarrass us and gut the program. We know we are better off, but that's in spite of him. That's via the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Yeah, you might be moving on to a better relationship, but if, you're, uh, if your ex really does you wrong and, I mean, doesn't uh, do it, the, you know, in terms of in, there's no way to break up that's ever going to be fun. I don't care what it is, a job, a relationship, a marriage, whatever. 
but there there seems to be a better way to do it. And that's why, again, I just don't think Oklahoma fans feel like <laughs> you, you don't leave the Oklahoma football job for, and unless it's like the NFL. I mean, if Lincoln Riley had gone to replace Mike McCarthy at the Dallas Cowboys, he wouldn't be Tebow. He wouldn't be Muleshoe. No, he would be. He would just be a guy that left Oklahoma to take his dream job. Yeah, right. His quote unquote dream job, and nobody would fault him for it. They'd all be rooting for him. Maybe he wanted the challenge of look. Bob had the program in place, the foundation. I mean, it was already a, a really uh, a beautiful house with a perfectly manicured lawn and everything. It may not have been the best house in the neighborhood next to Alabama down the road or Clemson or whoever, but it was pretty darn impressive. Maybe he wanted that. I get it. But, again, it's just the way the season played out. And then to sit here and tell everybody again, yeah, we, we took two hours, I took a nap, and then we decided, yeah, let's go. Uh-huh. I mean, come please. on, dude, please. Uh, back to the text line. 20 years later, my high school sweetheart still hates my guts because of the breakup. We're both great <laughs> and have beautiful families, yes. but she still hates me. Yeah. Well, see, hate is very strong. But uh, disappointed. I'm going to go with extremely disappointed. There's a difference between disappointed and extremely disappointed. Like if I miss a putt from 10 feet that's got a break in it, I'm disappointed. If I miss a three-inch putt, I'm extremely disappointed. That's where I am here with Muleshoe. I'm trying, people. I know there are a few of you like, come on, Steely, please, dude. I mean, move on. I'm really trying, I promise. I'm I'm. Going down the interstate, going about 15 miles an hour, trying to get to the next city, which is acceptance, right? But I think I'm like 75 miles outside of the city limits of acceptance right now. All right, you'll hear what he had to say with Cowherd coming up top of next hour here on The Ref. Keep it here. Oh, this is going to be good right here. We think there's some lying going on. Welcome in, everybody. Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, exit 72 for a great deal on a vehicle and a great guarantee. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel from the Seth Wadley Auto Group at no additional cost to you. Thank you for sponsoring our second hour here on uh, The Ref. Home of Sooner fans, Steelman and Thune here with you on a Tuesday. This is going to get... Oh, are we are we ready uh, for the mule shoe oh, monotone oh, here? Oh, 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 oh. Oh, and if some of the things that we're hearing happen later today, this is going to get very interesting. All right, uh, this was Mule Shoe. I'm with his good buddy and PR boys, Colin Cowherd. I love Cowherd. I think he's the best in the business. But he is he's doing some PR work for Mule Shoe now. There's no doubt about that. And here is the question and answer about uh, Lincoln taking OU transfers. Was it a delicate situation where your heart was in Oklahoma for so long, you leave, and you'll and you want to bring some players over, but you know it's sensitive? Was that kind of a was that a tough situation? I, th- I think so, but I think the transfer portal kind of handles a lot of that. You know, I we didn't take players from Oklahoma; we took players from the transfer portal. You know, those players and their families had to make a decision to either stay at that university just like any other player has to make or to enter the portal where then they can be recruited by anybody in the country. And that's up to those players and their families, and we have nothing to do with that. But once they, once a player gets into a, a portal where they are open to any school in the country, we would be crazy not to take a look at that and try to help our football team. And, and then on top of it for me, the maybe the more emotional tie for me is 
these are guys that we recruited. We got to know their families. We were a part of the, the entire process. You know, all of a sudden they were good enough for us to take at Oklahoma, but now we wouldn't give them a chance uh, just because we're at a new spot. I, I just that part never really made sense to me. So, um, you know, certainly uh, excited to get those guys here along with all of our other players. And, and to us, it's literally these are players in a portal. These are guys that we feel like can come into USC and help us get this program to where it needs to be. But cancel the transfer portal, right? That's what he said last week. Yeah, he did. Yeah, guardrails. He wants guardrails. Remember, that guy just oozes sleaze. Now, doesn't he? Well, yeah, here's he the actually, deal. He actually said the words, we didn't take players from Oklahoma. We took players from the transfer portal? It's semantics. It's all, like I said, Lincoln Riley should be in politics because it's all semantics. And look, here's, here's the other part of this deal. What are we hearing now? That there are some OU players that can dispute that claim. And there might be some people going on social media to say, that's BS, here's the screenshot. Yeah, yeah, look, I know for a fact that's a lie. I know for a fact. And I can't, look, I'm not going to say any more than that because I'm not in the business of airing people's dirty laundry and inevitably if I do say any more, I'm probably going to have to name some names and I don't want to name names because I want those people to have the freedom to deal with it if and when they so desire and as publicly as they want. I just, I know for a fact it's a lie. Yeah, and, and there's word is there's some OU players out there that are trying to decide if they want to release some of these screenshots, either call logs or something else, where, you know, this was going on before the portal, correct? And we'll see. We'll see if those come out. And, Parker, you you guys, like I said, you're much more plugged in than I am now. There's no doubt about it. And it, when you looked at me and we had a hallway conversation and you said, I know that's not accurate because, well, you just, uh-huh. you just know. Uh-huh. You, you 100% know. And, again, this is up to some of these players or their, their families if they want to go this route, but maybe they're tired of hearing some of this, which they say is just total BS. I, I'm also like, and I hate to be this way, but this whole deal is really making me start to lose respect for Colin Coward. Because you're right, Mike, he's essentially acting as Mule Shoes PR voice. Yeah, I get it. Look, he's in L.A. We know where SC is, and I don't know. What is this, like his third appearance out there? And he's he loves the fact that Oklahoma fans are mad about it, and he's, you know, he's, he's getting some mileage out of that. I get it. But we just – this guy, look, he just doesn't have much of a problem either flat-out lying or telling a half-truth, Right? And I, I, I want to say a lot of things, none of which I probably should say. But to sum it all up nicely, Mike, yes, clearly we know that Muleshoe has no problem misleading people. We know this with absolute certainty. So at what point <laughs> – here, here, here's where I stand on all of this. I don't know – like if I'm a prospective student athlete, if I'm getting recruited – by Muleshoe, and I know the half of what has gone on behind the scenes. How can I trust him? Even if I don't really know that, how can I trust him based on just the way that things transpired? 
and the move from OU to USC, how it all came about. Like that's that's going to be a big issue that he has to get past because you know he's got guys in his corner already lined up for the 2022 and 2023 cycles in recruiting, right? Like right. It, those relationships aren't going to be as damaged. But as you start looking ahead, as you start looking a few years down the road and if and when more of this stuff comes to light, the trust factor is going to be something that you need to overcome with a lot of these kids because a lot, a lot of kids and their parents are going to look at you sideways and be like, how do we know you're giving it to us straight? And again, I'll go back and I'd, <laughs> I remember tweeting this the day that he left, and I will continue to reiterate this. He looked so many recruits in the eye over the course of the eight or nine months before he left OU. He looked so many of them in the eye, and so many of them asked him the question, are you going to be at OU for the long term, or is this just a stepping stone or a launch pad to another job for you? And his response adamantly to that question was, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be the head coach at the University of Oklahoma. Well, and the other part of that is uh, Gentry Williams' mom, what she said, right? It feel, felt like you were in a marriage, uh, in a relationship so, with someone that you, you kind of knew and trusted, and then you found out they were married the, the whole time. You know, I mean, it doesn't get any more brutal than that. And, all right, answer me this. Is it more than uh, one player – is it multiple players? You don't have to say prospects, players, whatever. Name them, but that um, could um, come back and prove that what he said with Cowherd is not accurate. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Is say, it say, is it more than one player? Because you're saying you know for a fact that that's not true. I know for a fact that there are that there are several people that could like if they really wanted to dox Muleshoe, they could do it. In terms of this happening before they got in the portal, or even if even if they didn't get in the portal, yes. Okay. Well, I mean, we found Roy Manning was double dipping, right? <laughs> oh, that was a whole fiasco. I I forgot it. Like we forget that happened. That was so lost in the craziness of that week <laughs> that now I'm I'm looking back on it. I'm like, huh. Yeah, Roy Manning was recruiting for two different schools at the same time. That was the thing that happened. Remember when OU compliance sent out the eyeball emoji? Oh, and man. And like nine million people, yes! <laughs> this Beautiful. is war! Let's go! <laughs> this has been the weirdest, craziest, just absolutely... Uh, just total wackiness is what it is. It's very wacky is what it is. So, but again, there's there is some stuff floating out there that there might be a sooner player or two that can disprove this with screenshots that might be coming out on on social and media. I, I don't know, like proving anything in the court of public opinion, I understand is increasingly difficult these days. But there are there are several who could, at the very least, strongly dispute what Mule Shoe is telling people. Which is, we didn't take any players or go after any players at Oklahoma. We went after players in the portal. Yes. Basically. Again, yes. semantics. Semantics. All semantics. Look, look I, All get, I, I get it with, with Caleb Williams. Uh, and I get the fact that a lot of these kids are coming for a coach. I mean, look, you're not going to, normally you're not going to go to a second tier school just for a coach. Maybe you would, 
But a lot of these guys are coming to play for Lincoln Riley. I totally get that. I 100% get that. That's why, am I disappointed that Caleb Williams is not coming back to Oklahoma? No, Yeah, to an extent. But I get it. I totally get it. But to if you're lying that you weren't contacting some of these players, prospects, then and, and people have the documentation, whether it's a screenshot or a text or a call log or whatever, then, um, you know, that's just not cool. Air Comfort Solutions text line, man, how can OU fans wish this guy well? He turned on Oklahoma and then curb stomped us on the way out. Can the football powers please, please give us USC in the Cotton Bowl next year? <laughs> you know what? I got a uh, Boomer Brent actually uh, texted me and said, is there any way to remove his records permanently at Oklahoma? Like, <laughs> what are you going to do? Just leave the media guide blank? Like, <laughs> 2017 to 2021 did not be, exist. Is it going to be all pictures like the picture, you know, where they have the OU coaches and the and the media guide, you know, with their record and everything? Is Muleshoe just going to be like the old egg on Twitter or something? Or just like a stick figure or something. Vacate all the wins just to spite him. This year did not exist. I don't think they're going to do that, Brent. I don't think they'll do that. I think that. But again, I don't think the guy should ever be back for any function, man. I'm saying down the road, let's say the 20-year anniversary of Baker Mayfield's Heisman. At midfield, here is... do you think? What do you think the reception would be like in the like uh, I, I see, twenty I, years later? That's what, what I'm talking about. Any function, I mean, they would still be mad. Well, they've got to unveil the Baker statue at some point in the near future, right? They do. And Lord the, knows, Muleshoe's not coming back for that. He better not. And if he is, <laughs> there will be there will be eggs, and I'm not talking about the Twitter eggs. Oh, man, he blew up the bridge, man. He detonated the bridge, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. Went past the bridge, took the bridge, and then turned around and just pushed the dynamite. And I promise you that's a mistake that will catch up to him. And that's a first-time head coach type of mistake. You don't realize how much damage you've done by engaging in subterfuge and obfuscation until after the fact. I mean, he and Brian Kelly are the two uh, poster children for what's wrong with college football right now, right? Along with, you know, you could say the portal and throw in, you know, the unregulated NIL, whatever you want to say. But those two are right there. Those two are definitely right there. All right. We'll break right here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, What do you think? Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let us know. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. The Flock of Seagulls. I saw them at the Bricktown Brewery back in the day. Dude still had the haircut, too. Hanging down in his face. Good band, though. Space Age Love Song is another good one. All right, let's get to those texts when we get back here on The Ref. Uh, somebody's always crying. Alamo Bowl next year. Oklahoma Southern Cal. I don't think OU fans would be all too thrilled with being in the Alamo Bowl. No, but, I know, but, but if it was against Southern Cal, they would thank the football gods for making that happen. If you could match up, and I know you've got the conference affiliation and all those ties, but you want a highly rated bowl game outside of a playoff game or New Year's Six next year, if you could match Oklahoma and Southern Cal. And I don't know that 
you know, uh, again, because of the conference uh, affiliation with the bowl games, that could be done. But, man. I uh, Let's see. Uh, SC's the first opponent is Rice next year. I'm going to get on the phone with Rice and see if I can run out with the team. I want to lead the charge next year <laughs> at the Coliseum. Uh, <laughs> think they let me do that? The Rice Owls, led by regional radio star <laughs> Mike Steely. I'd be the first guy off the bus. Would that be intimidating, man? Probably not. Yeah, probably not as much so as Perry on Winfrey. But, nah, man, if there's one guy Mule Shoe does not want to run into on the street – it's definitely Perion Winfrey. Man, I wonder if uh, – did Perion have an extra year? He, he didn't, did he? Yeah, he would have had one more year oh, if he, he did. So yeah. maybe there's – maybe he was – he's one of the guys – Oh, there's no shot. There's no shot Muleshoe reached out to him. <laughs> yeah, but there's – he, he there, knows exactly what he's getting on the other end of that there, phone call they're with Perion Winfrey. Well, I, I guess you're right because he was pretty upset uh, – very early on in the process. But there are apparently a couple of players out there that have some documentation that they were contacted by uh, the man out in L.A. before the portal or before maybe declaring for the draft. So, anyway. All okay, right. so uh, this is a good question from the Air Comfort Solutions text line. And it's one that I probably hadn't really considered in as much so as I should have, honestly. But... One of our listeners asks, how can Muleshoe overcome all the negative recruiting that is going to result from all of his comments? And for for those of you that are maybe a little bit more unfamiliar with the recruiting space, when we talk about negative recruiting, uh, basically the difference between positive recruiting and negative recruiting is positive recruiting is you're trying to sell your program. Mm -hmm. You're touting the good aspects of what you can offer to a prospective student-athlete. Negative recruiting is when you are touting the dark side of another program. Why that you're would you want to go there for. when this and this and this? Exactly. Has now, negative recruiting is generally not very effective because it's generally it, it's kind of a they say I say type of situation where you maybe just have a differing opinion of another school's philosophy or personnel or something to that effect. So generally, there's a whole lot of subjectivity. And a whole lot of opinion that goes into negative recruiting. But there's a whole lot of objectivity that can go into negative recruiting when you're talking about Muleshoe and USC right now. Because you can point to him and say, that dude just left behind everybody that he promised he was going to be there for at Oklahoma. How do you know he's not going to do the exact same to you if an NFL job that he wants comes open, for instance? And that's just one example. Or say you're an outside linebacker and... You have, you have other programs recruiting you, and USC is one of the schools that you're heavily considering. Another staffer at another school can say, do you really trust what Roy Manning's feeding you when he was recruiting for two different schools at the same time during mm -hmm. the transition period between OU and USC? So there's a lot right now that you can knock USC for, and it's not subjective. As a matter of fact, it's very objective. And I wonder how badly that's going to hurt Muleshoe on the recruiting trail. Yeah, look, uh, th there's going to be negative recruiting happening. There's no doubt about that. I, I don't know. It seems like it's reaching pretty low, though. If you can't sell your own self in a great school, like uh, for, I, I couldn't see Brent Venables, you know, doing that, right? And he just seems like such a positive guy. Like I said, man, he's filled with the spirit right now, too. He came back filled with more spirit than ever. 
And um, I, I think, again, if you've got a great product to sell, you probably wouldn't reach that low. Um, but if there are going to be some head-to-heads between some schools and USC, you, you know, and it's down to the, them and the Trojans, how much do you think that comes into play? I mean, it's going to come into play some. There's no doubt. I mean. Yeah, and it's, it's an interesting situation, right, because there are two sides to every coin. And on the one hand, when Lincoln Riley makes a move like this and, you know, via the fact that he's going out west to a school that he's already built a lot of recruiting ties regionally in um, or around, I suppose, there's going to be some juice and some momentum that comes with that. And you've seen that thus far. He got Rayleigh Brown. He got Makai Lemon. He got Malachi Nelson. He got Zachariah Branch. So there are guys that are going to jump on board with Muleshoe because of the sense of novelty that comes oh, with him taking the USC job. He's going to get a lot of players on the offensive side of the ball. There's For sure. no doubt. For no sure. And they'll look, they'll look at what he did at Oklahoma, and to a certain extent, what he did at Oklahoma was undeniable. And you know, you, you can give him as much credit as you want. I understand some people are going to give him no credit. Some will give him plenty of credit. But what you can't deny is that <laughs> there's certainly an element of coincidence at play the very nature of the fact that he was at Oklahoma during the time that the Sooners had some of the most explosive offenses in program history. You know, that's what he's going to point to, and that's what a lot of kids are going to see. So, particularly when you're talking about offensive skill positions, guys are going to be eager to jump on board with Muleshoe. But that is going to be offset by a contingent that is unwilling to have anything to do with him, or at least unwilling to trust that he's giving them the full picture of what they would be getting into at USC because of the way that he left Oklahoma and the way that that all went now. And so, again, there's going to be a lot of momentum that USC is able to garner on the recruiting trail. That will be also that will be offset by, I would say, a lot smaller pool of blue chip guys that are legitimately interested in USC than there otherwise would have been if Muleshoe had just simply been professional and put in two weeks notice or something to that effect when he decided to leave OU for USC. Well, the the problem is for Oklahoma fans, if you're really mad and you think you're going to stay mad, get ready to get madder because he's going to win out there. He's going to win. He's going to win. He's going to win. Uh, again, my question is, can they get over that final hurdle? Because we, you know, he, he wasn't closer to clearing the hurdle at Oklahoma. He was uh, knocking the hurdle over at the end of his tenure at OU. Uh, you know, this team was a major disappointment. Uh, and I said that and some people, you know, initially were like, oh, come on. It's not a dis-. They didn't win the Big 12. They didn't go to a New Year's Six Bowl game. You know, uh, those are not the standards at Oklahoma. And they were getting, it it didn't seem like they were getting closer, Parker. They were getting, uh, they were moving in the other direction. And again, um, it it was about physicality and defense. And I don't know, the whole year was just strange. It was really, it's, it's the most bizarre year of Oklahoma football I can remember. Other than Howard's year, which was, that was like comic relief. By the way. You heard what Brent Venables said last week about Jaron Kanak's recruitment and the fact that after Brent Venables took the Oklahoma job, he said, listen, Clemson's still the place for you. It's still the school you fell in love with. Nothing's changed except that I'm not there. Everything about the school is still there and still present for you to enjoy. Do you think anybody 
has heard anything close to that same line from Muleshoe about Oklahoma? You think Muleshoe no. has even has even so much as acknowledged that yeah, Oklahoma could be could still be a good fit for you? Absolutely not. And I look, I understand that not everybody is going to go about it the way that Brent Venables does. To a certain extent, you got to look out for your own neck, and so. It's it's certainly noble to do what Venables did and still try to convince Jaron Kanak that Clemson is where he should go, but not everybody can and will take that approach. I understand that. But again, I I don't think anybody has heard anything remotely resembling that whole line of thinking from Muleshoe with regard to Oklahoma. My issue through all of this, again, is not that he's at SC. It's not that he's getting players who basically came to Oklahoma, you know, for to play in his system and for him, for Lincoln Riley. I understand that. It's the half-truths and the lies and this, you know, PR, BSPR campaign, uh, kind of like we saw at the end of the season. You know, I'm not going to LSU. And then, you know, de- telling people in his first interview that he made the decision in two hours when everybody who has – one iota of sense and has a functioning brain, no, that's complete and utter BS. Anyone who's married and has tried to yes. convince their spouse to pick up and move. We can't pick a stupid. restaurant in two hours, and you're going to pack up the family and go you know, live on the, on the West Coast and make that decision like that, please. But he keeps coming on and doing that. This is the stuff that angers me. I even get it if he wants to. You know what? I can build my own program, you know. Return USC to greatness. I get that angle. I get the California angle. I get a lot of it. The lies, the half-truths, the sleaziness, that's what's not not cool. All right, we got former uh, Sooner Anthony Fogle joining us next. Great song, by the way. All right, so uh, we'll see what he has to say about uh, this whole situation and excitement for the uh, Sooner defense in the future. I'm betting he's feeling that. We'll get to it next. Ah, yes. Welcome back. Good to have you with us. Thanks again to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car or truck. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Heck of a deal from the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Sponsoring our second hour here on The Ref. We welcome in former Sooner Anthony Fogle uh, to join us. Anthony, thanks for your time again. Uh why would Thanks you have me on brother yeah absolutely why would you tell OU fans you should be very excited about a Brent Venables defense what do you like uh about the way he approaches defense and what do you think he can bring to Oklahoma uh, I I've, I've talked to him before about his philosophy and and what he wants to do uh but we all know that it comes down to get the players in that can basically fulfill your philosophy and what you want to do. So my thing to OU fans would be kind of how I've always been with coaches. You know, let those guys do what they're doing. And if you see something that may look a little bit suspect in the first year, year and a half, yeah, I get it. But why not? I mean, I mean, we let Howard Snellenberger come in. And, and and do what he felt was needed to be done. So I don't think that we need to be in panic mode with Brent. I think he's got a very good plan. 
Uh, and let's just kind of wait and see what he does when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. Well, let's flip over to the offensive side then, Anthony, and discuss Jeff Levy, obviously the new offensive coordinator, and his quarterback, Dylan Gabriel. Those two naturally have ties that go back a long way to the UCF days. So what gets you excited about what the new offensive era in Norman, Oklahoma, is going to be like? Nothing. Uh, that's actually the better question. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's the defensive side. I think the question mark's going to be on what – you want to do with the offensive side of the ball. And uh, honestly, I think that you're going to see ball control, let your defense play. So there may not be games this 50, 60, 70, 80 points or whatever the case may be. I, I think that the average OU fan that's probably between five years old and, you know, 25 years old, may see something differently offensively because I think that OU without having a proven quarterback is going to have to rely on the defense and not rely necessarily on what the offense is being able to do with all those guys like Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I think OU is going to go back to defense wins championships, and that might not be what the average casual OU fan wants to hear, but unfortunately, in my opinion, I think we're going to have to stop people first and then worry about where the offense lays after that. It's going to be interesting because I think Dylan Gabriel is proven. He's not proven at the level of a Power 5 conference, but UCF was a really good program, and we're judging him by a very high standard at Oklahoma. You threw out the names, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. Uh, you know, Spencer Rattler was a five-star, didn't quite live up to it at OU. But again, uh, we'll see what he does at South Carolina. And Caleb Williams, I think, is going to do very well out at uh, SC. We've seen his ceiling, and that ceiling's very high, and it looks pretty darn good. Um, well, you know what? You know what? Here's the, here's the thing. Who's going to be the running back? Because that, to me, is the most crucial part of what happens offensively. Who's going to be the guy that can get you 150, 200 yards? And what people forget about with OU in the past, he's had some really doggone good running backs. Do you have a guy that can get you that to take the wear and tear off of a quarterback that may be trying to learn that's not used to this level of play? That's one of my biggest questions. Yeah, maybe Javante Barnes, Parker, could eventually be that guy. What do you I'm, think? I'm you a like big him a lot. fan of Javante Barnes. I think you'll see him plenty as a true freshman. Yeah, it's really weird with running backs now because a lot of times, and you you know, even in the NFL, you see you know Zeke and Tony Pollard splitting, and a lot you know a lot of people feel like Pollard's the better back. The Sooners had a great situation; both will be playing in the Super Bowl this weekend with P. Ryan and Mixon. Obviously, P. Ryan had the uh, yep. the all time single game rushing record that rainy day against Kansas. Mixon is the better pro, but that's a heck of a duo, man. There's no doubt about it. And we'll see. You know, they've got Eric Gray coming back. They've got Marcus May. They got Javante Barnes and uh, Gavin Sawchuck coming in as rookies, but um, it may not be quite as flashy as Mule Shoes' old offense. But Jeff Levy's offensive numbers are pretty balanced, and his numbers <laughs> were pretty good in terms of 
In terms, Did you call it Mule Shoe? Oh, yeah, we, we, we've been calling him Mule Shoe for a while. Yeah, we don't address him by his name. <laughs> He's well, now, you know, I'm out, here in the middle of, yeah. I'm out here in the middle of nowhere, so it's called the Mule Shoe. <laughs> that's, that's, ah. that's his name. Fog dog, that's it. That's it. Now we 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 don't address him by his name. Okay. Um, what do you think? Is he in, like Voldemort? What's that? Is he like Voldemort now? Uh, like yeah. I thought name? you said Baltimore instead of Voldemort. There. Yeah. He's considered. Uh, yes. He he's considered evil by by most. So yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. So what do you think? What would be? Um, the one thing that you want to see out of this new staff, besides the obvious, win a national championship or whatever, but you really want to see more of from this new staff that you were frustrated by with the previous coaching staff. What is the one thing you'd really like to see? I'd like to see an emphasis on special teams. That's one. And then uh, I'd like to see an emphasis on special teams scoring points and creating a situation where you play against really good teams, SEC-type teams, uh, where a punt block or a punt return or something that happens special on a kickoff return and field uh, position gets shifted. I I would love to see OU get back to what they were in 2000, and that was special teams were special because we can look at Josh Heupel's year and, and, and look at some of the distances that he had to score touchdowns from. Well, it doesn't, hap- it doesn't happen if you don't have J.T. Thatcher that can put you in a great position returning kickoffs. Uh, I-, I would love to see the OU coaching staff, and maybe they might give me a job there. I'm retired now, so uh, <laughs> maybe they might give me a job for special teams because – those type of things that people don't even look at, hey, he got a return for 25, 35, 45 yards, and it's down to 50. People don't realize that that is the key to scoring points, and scoring points wins games. So my biggest thing would be the attention to detail on every aspect of special teams that I don't think OU's had over the last probably 15 years. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people would like to see that, uh, Parker. Special teams, uh, actually, I, I, when Shane Beamer was here, I think there was more attention paid. It was almost like, you know, <laughs> when is the last time they had a big return? Well, I mean, they, haven't, really they haven't had, big had, a, return, they haven't right? had a kick or punt return touchdown since 2016, that's, which would have been yeah. Joe Mixon against Ohio that's amazing. State. That's how long it's and been. Anthony just – I remember the uh, the big oh, game wow. in Manhattan, Kansas. It was J.T. Thatcher with a big kick return, you know, that turned the tide in that game. And special teams, man, they – how much did they haunt Oklahoma in the Bedlam loss, right? And they also, you know, they kickoff return by Presley. You man, had look here. Yeah, I, Eric I remember, Gray with the fumble. I remember in 96 when Jerome Jackson returned that punt uh, against Texas. True. The Texas game. That changed the entire complexity of that game. I mean, Texas, and I was on the field with them, and I saw uh, Ricky Williams and all those guys that they looked shook when Jarrell returned that punt and they weren't they weren't on the field but it, it affected them like oh wow oh he's coming back right now so you're right I mean 
special teams plays a huge part in momentum. It is probably the easiest way to get momentum in a college football game. Yeah, interesting. Dad and turnovers, is no doubt. Anthony, we appreciate your time, my man. Thanks for coming on with us. We'll talk again. All right, brother. I'll at you. Sounds good. Anthony Fogle, former Sooner, talking about it. And, uh, you know, special teams, part that, that could be huge, again, uh, because I think he's right. I think Anthony's right. But it's a big turnover or a big play on special teams can flip a game just like that. Yes, it can. And yeah. that has worked – and that has worked to OU's detriment several times over the last few years. And it makes you wonder, well, what could that do to their benefits if they had a unit that was capable of generating a play like that? To my knowledge, they've only had one special teams touchdown at all since that 2016 game where Joe Mixon took the kickback against Ohio State. And that would have been the blocked punt that was recovered by Austin Stogner in 2019. They may have had one the previous year. I want to say Curtis Bolton maybe, but regardless – the point is, special teams have not been that special at no, Oklahoma the last no, few years. absolutely not. By the way, get on over to Riverwind Casino today. It's the $80,000 River of Romance promotional drawing on tap on Friday. Get out there on Friday and win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play. And enhance your chances by playing with your wild card today. You have until midnight tonight to get some points in your wild card and earn five times the entries by getting those points in your wild card. Do you know of a better chance to hear your name called Friday night in the drawing? The $80,000 River of Romance drawing. And this Saturday night, the $70,000 Keys to My Heart promotional drawing will be happening at Riverwind. Get on out there. They've got preliminary drawings beginning at 7, where you can win your share of $10,000 in cash and bonus play. And the ultimate grand prize winner drawn out just before midnight is going to win a brand-new 2022 Mercedes. That is this Saturday night's the Mercedes, the $70,000 Keys to My Heart promotional giveaway and you can play with your wild card this thursday to get 15 times the entries for that great promotion only at riverwind simply the best coming right back oh man eagle-eyed sharing did they ever have anything beyond this no this was it save tonight was that was that was the career one hit wonder from the 90s what is your favorite one hit wonder song is there one that you would pick Oh, gosh. It, well, that's the thing. Everybody categorizes one-hit wonders differently. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, because even like, like a flock of seagulls, for instance, a lot of people would categorize them as a one-hit wonder, Mike. You probably wouldn't because you like mm-hmm. Space Age Love Song. Right. right? Which, so, which charted but wasn't anywhere near Iran, obviously. Yeah. So, so, again, I think it depends on how you classify what exactly a one-hit wonder is i'm trying to think of the uh, the first ones i'm so old i had 45s man there used to be a tgny here in norman oklahoma on main street i'd go get a 45 or the one over at heisman square back in the day you old school normanites know what i'm talking about and i remember the first ever 45 i bought was dancing machine by the jackson five ironically because i've never been or never will be a dancing machine Dancing buffoon, yes, but not a dancing machine. And but the first novelty record, probably one hit wonder, would be uh, Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas. Aha, that was my first ever one hit wonder. So that would probably be my my choice. All right. Uh, so we didn't talk about it. I know you and Park, uh, you and uh, Tyler talked about it. Uh, Ashton Cozarts, uh, you know, coming to Oklahoma, it looks like, 2023 four-star out of Flower Mound Marcus in Texas in the Dallas area. 
And uh, that's a big get for OU, right? And he had, he hit the pause button because of Muleshoe's departure, and but he's in the fold with Oklahoma again. Yeah, well, I think that that right there is evidence not just of Brent Venables and Jeff Lebby and the work that they've done recruiting for the University of Oklahoma and kind of reversing the trend of all the decommitments that you saw in the immediate aftermath of Muleshoe's departure, but it's also uh, on the low key a credit to Nick Evers. Who hails from the same town, Flower Mound, mm-hmm. Flower Mound, excuse me, as Ashton Cozart. Now they went to different high schools. There are two high schools in Flower Mound. There's Flower Mound High and there's Marcus. Nick Evers was a Flower Mound guy. Ashton Cozart was a Marcus guy. But they played seven on seven together, had a good relationship, and so when Nick Evers went, that was big for Oklahoma in their pursuit of Ashton Cozart. And then when they got their 2023 quarterback in Jackson Arnold, that only really solidified it. So. Uh, I honestly didn't think Ashton Cozart would take quite that long uh, to make his announcement to Oklahoma. I thought he would announce it junior day the week prior. But at the end of the day, uh, when you can convince a guy like that to circle back around and commit to your school within two months after everything hitting the fan, pretty impressive work by everybody involved. By the way, how impressive is Nick Evers? I mean, not only athletically, which obviously he's a four-star, he's a great get for Oklahoma, but again, just <laughs> maturity beyond his years. That kid's impressive, That is right? the type of guy that the fans should be proud to have in a Sooner uniform and because what, he's going to be a difference maker. What is the NIL he's donating everything to? To make a wish. Make a wish. I mean, that is, that's just tremendous. I mean – that is very impressive. And, uh, you know, you're excited about if you're a Sooner fan, you're seeing four-star, top-rated quarterback, you know, you, you like what you see there, but then you, you see a kid that age doing that. Got to have an impressive family there. And, uh, you know, and uh, you know sometimes you'll hear the coaches, yeah, we want kids who fit the program, blah, blah, blah. It seems like a Brent Venables kind of recruit too, right? Yes. Yes, and, well, I can tell you this much. Brent Venables was big in the decision for Nick Evers and his family to come to Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, Oklahoma was kind of in the driver's seat from the moment that he decommitted from Florida, naturally. But Brent Venables really sold them on the OU experience and the OU family. And you saw Nick Evers' mom say as much on social media after he committed, was that Oklahoma really won them over, but Brent Venables in particular really won them over. Brent's on fire, man. I'm telling you, when he was here earlier, again, uh, he was on fire for football and winning. And I'm not saying he was that shallow at all. It seemed like that was probably the top priority. And when you're younger, you have different priorities. And as you age and mature, now he's on fire to win football games, but he's on fire for his faith, too. There well, absolutely. No and, doubt well, about let it. Let me tell you, know you this what? much. That, I, there's nothing wrong with that at all. No, and I talked to somebody over the weekend that knew Brent Venables during his first tenure at the University of Oklahoma. What that person told me is that it really seems like what Venables has been through over the last decade, the way that he left Oklahoma mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, having to go to Clemson, or not, not having to, but the, going to Clemson, being the defensive coordinator there, being around Dabo Sweeney, that really helped him grow yeah. up as a coach and a person. And you see a different Brent Venables than you did the last time he was at Oklahoma. Not not like stark differences, right? Mm-hmm. But, but just in can, terms of his character, in terms of the way he carries himself, there's been a lot of maturing. You can tell he's got the the spiritual flame burning really hot right now, too. And, uh, and hasn't lost – Obviously, any of his passion for football, but I like what I'm hearing. I like what I'm seeing, and he's surrounding himself with people uh, 
quality people on that staff who can coach the game, too. So Sooner fans should be pumped up. All right, we've got Locked In coming up next with Parker and Tyler McComas. Everybody, have a terrific Tuesday. We'll see you.